Hello and welcome to a Wonder Care podcast, formerly known as Wonder Baba podcast. I'm Sheena Mitchell, a pharmacist and mum of three. I combine healthcare and practical advice to support you on your parenting journey. Today, I am excited to bring you something a little bit different, just as an extra little episode to cheer us up in the midst of season three, which is focusing all on infectious diseases. Again, I just want to take this opportunity to thank my amazing sponsor for their ongoing support. And they, of course, are Salon Plus. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. So today I am joined by Michal Brennan, who is otherwise known as Donegal Daddy. Just a bit of background for people. First of all, you need to go onto Instagram and follow this guy because you won't regret it. I promise. So he can be found at Donegal Daddy on Instagram. Michal works as a content creator since March 2020. He is also, and what we're going to talk about today, most importantly, a stay-at-home dad. In addition to all of this, he is a musician and he is the manager and drummer with the Red Alert Wedding Band. Michal has a background of really positive roles over the last decade, from personal training, marketing, enterprise, event management and obviously a musician and content creator. Michal, you strike me as a person who is full of life and positivity and your energy is boundless. I'm so, so glad I came across your page on Insta as it reminds me on very, very busy days at work here that life is for fun and joy, which is why in the midst of this very serious infectious diseases season, I wanted to welcome you on to cheer us all up and talk a little bit about yourself and your decision to become a stay-at-home dad and what you find the best and worst parts of it and how attitudes have changed in a modern world. And yeah, basically, just to keep me entertained on this dull week in February. So welcome to the show. Perfect. Thanks very much. I'd like to meet this ener- energetic person. <laughs> You've a lot to live up to with that intro now, Michal. Yeah, lots in that now. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about yourself for people who aren't aware of your Instagram page? And look, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about TikTok, but I believe you're big on there. So I'm told at times. Yeah, it all kind of just blew up during the, or not blew up, it grew kind of from being at home in the, the first lockdown just made sense. Aoife was, she works as a pharmacist like yourself and she had to go to work and both my jobs were involved in, I suppose, the hospitality and entertainment end of things. So I was jobless. I went from like working 24 seven to nothing overnight. So then it just made, it just was the way it was. I was at home. I ha- I was made be at home and then we just started making videos and I don't know why. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so basically I was just at home and I was always kind of doing bits of social media anyway, kind of for the band and like for bits of stuff at the hotel as well. And I just started, I don't know, I wouldn't even say it was documenting. I was just basically having a bit of fun trying to pass the day because during the first lockdown, it was like stuck in your wee two kilometer zone. So I just started doing that. And then we always, I always had an interest in movies. So I started doing movie scenes and then I kind of grew from that and once after about six weeks of doing a movie scene every day, I was like, Jesus, I don't know what's going on. I kind of, my head was just like, I can't keep doing movie scenes. I'm stuck. I was like hitting a brick wall, but then people were like, Oh, just show us what's going on day to day. So then I started doing showing more of the day to day life. And then people just seemed to enjoy it because, um, I think it was basically because 
it was kind of a no BS, I suppose, no bullshit kind of way of showing it because there's so much online of this perfectly curated life and how simple being a parent is and how beautiful everyone is. And whereas mine was just showing you, there's days where it just goes completely off the wall and there's days that it goes fine. And I think people resonate with that more so than anything. Like during the lockdown, too, I found myself unfollowing pages where I was just going, that's not how it is. You know, some people that you knew their story and you knew their background, you're going, that's not. That's not real that's life. Not true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not, that's not what happened. Like, you know, and you know, some of the backstory and you're kind of going, mm, no, I think that's basically where it kind of came from. Then people just started liking the fact that I was showing that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. It's kind of, it can be pure crap like at times and. Yeah, some days are great and like obviously you're gonna show that, but some days it's not and you have to show that too. Like or at least let people know that them days happen. I think especially do you know what? With parents you're very vulnerable because obviously first time parents, you've never had a baby before. And even I know, like if you go and visit someone who has a baby, like they'll have had a stressful morning getting ready for a visitor. Do you know? So you're being presented with a picture that isn't real, whereas they could have been on the couch in their jammies, covered in puke and just crying, wanting to get up and make their lunch. But the baby's now asleep or whatever, you know, like the reality is very, very different to what's presented online. And it is a really weird world we've gotten into. I'm glad I'm not a teenager trying to grow up in this world so that you can kind of see that and you know that not everyone is perfect and that I suppose, yeah, Insta life is not real life. It's easy to see why people would resonate with you. So easy to fall into that though. Like even, even if you're not a teenager, like if you're just a first time parent, even, and it is, it's completely like, there's no manual as I say, like for a baby, it's just, you have to figure it out. And did you you not, did you not get that? No, I must've missed that one. (laughs) But like, and then if you think people going on that, like might go, oh, I need to get some advice on here. And then next thing to see somebody going, oh, I just popped out for a latte, whatever, macchiato or something like that. And it's like so easy and everything and the baby's all done. And you're kind of going, yeah, you missed the whole morning, as you say, of shit trying to get out yeah. or trying to do anything. Um, But like they just see, oh God, they're doing it. And it's so easy for them. And when it is your first time, you don't, you don't know. Early on, I found loads of people messaging going, oh God, she's great with her words. And you're going, yeah, but that doesn't matter. Like when she gets to 18 and your child gets to 18, they're going to have the same words. Nobody's going to say, oh, she spoke first. Like, you know, I know. Just, you know what I mean? It's such ridiculous things to be comparing. It's like, and even like walking with Gracie, she didn't walk till she was like 13 months, I think it was, or there's people going, oh God, she's doing great. And you're going like, yeah, but like my cousin's child was walking at nine months and you're kind of going, yeah. Like there's no, there was no sense of like, oh God, she needs to be walking. It was just like, that's when she started walking. People get so caught up in comparing with what they see and thinking that's the dumb thing. It's, it's. To- it, toilet it's training actually, is a big, oh. oh, like you're kind of saying to people, it's all right. Your child will not be going to university in nappies. Yeah. They're going to figure it out. And trying to toilet train a child who's not ready to learn is an absolute disaster because you're setting yourself and the child up for failure and all the negative feelings that come with that. And sometimes, yeah, when you're looking online a lot, you're not looking at your child. You're missing cues and missing the important information and signs that your child isn't ready to do that. But because the world and its mother's child on Instagram is able to go to the toilet on a party, you think, well, maybe mine should be too. But like, you're better always to... Yeah, to look down in a way from the screen and look at the child. And this is one thing I've been looking at a lot lately. 
like you said there, you can curate your Insta feed. Like you can follow people who add joy to your life or bring benefit or are real. And yeah, it's no harm to do a little call every now and again. If you're finding something isn't adding a positive influence or something positive to your life, if it's not either useful or funny or helpful or inspiring, just click that unfollow button. Yeah. In like your one, what is it? If she doesn't spark joy, if they don't spark joy. Yeah, Marie Kondo, <laughs> you're insta- <laughs> <laughs> My God, there'll be a mass exit. Be like, really heartless. Unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. I did do that though myself. And I've always done this in the pharmacy world as well. If you've competitors or other people offering different things, you can start to feel pressurized to do this service, that service. And then you're like, no, I'm actually just going to put my head down and mind my customers that are standing here in front of me because they're what is important. And if you mind like your own business, whether it be life or an actual business, other good things can come into it then. And it's a positive place to be. Whereas if you spend your time with your head up, looking over, you're missing life and what's there right in front of you. It might have been Gary Vee or some of them there that said, like, if you focus, the be- the ones that are doing the best in their industry are the ones that focus on themselves and their own business. And they're kind of pushing it forward rather than trying to see what everyone else is doing. And then you end up jumping from one yeah. thing to another, jumping around. It's the same with Instagram too. I suppose if you see people that are just chasing Instagram fame kind of thing, I suppose, or like you just end up going, you're completely fake. Your page is completely fake because you're jumping from one thing to another just to try and get views. For me, it's easy because it's it's what I it's me and it's my life and it's just the way we do it. And that's the only way you're gonna be consistent on Instagram or on anything like it at anything in life is if it's actually part of you and part of what you want to do. Because otherwise you're just you're faking it and then it just ends up you're tired and then you'll jump to another thing. Like it's you have to kind of be invested in it and enjoy it, I suppose. And I think it's quite brave of you to put your authentic self on something like Insta. Like, you know, the way and I totally agree. And that's what I try and do with Wondercare and the podcast and all of that work in my life has evolved because I love talking about family's health so much and kids health. And I've been doing it 10 years. If I didn't love it, there's no way I'd be going, oh, let's find another way to do it like a podcast or whatever. On any social media forum, you know, you're open to criticism and everything. But I think if you're doing what you really believe in, actually, criticism doesn't affect you because you're like, okay, that person has a different opinion, which is completely valid. But actually, I'm really confident because this is who I am and this is what I'm doing and I'm comfortable in this space. So while I see your opinion, depending on if you're a bot or not, I may ignore it or see it as constructive criticism but it's not actually going to impact how you work or how you present yourself that's it like you know you do obviously grow some following like you're going to get criticism regardless like i've said it before and i put up a thing about making a a toasty in the air fryer and jesus the hit that i got and the (laughs) why i was just oh like because the oh, the cheese isn't melted and the cheese isn't melted enough and oh my God, it looks dry, you know, and you're just going, <laughs> people, and I just realized after that, I la- I got such a laugh out of all the negative comments on that because I was just like, if people can get so worked up over a toasty, <laughs> you know, Wait a minute now. Going, I want to pause there for a second because you've mentioned the air fryer. I was laughing at the video that you had recently about cooking a chicken in the air fryer. And I have to say, I have never had laughing so much. <laughs> That's when you said, 
I like to play 20 minutes of classical music first before I go. <laughs> so it's relaxed. Oh. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. You're mentioning Aoife there and the girls. So Aoife, who, God bless her, like, you know, you put her through she a lot. <laughs> and Gracie is three and a half. Is that right? So what age was yeah. Gracie during the pandemic? So the start of your, I suppose, stay at home. Nine months, nine months. Yeah. And that first, the first video was just, that's how it kind of did start was because it was like the, just after March, just in whatever the 18th or 19th of March or something like that. And I just done a video of her try. I, she was starting to kind of crawl. So I was kind of getting her to crawl to balls out of the ball pool. And they happened to be red and blue. Whenever I was getting her to crawl to, then it kind of I twigged the matrix, red pill, blue pill scene <laughs> in my head. That's how the whole thing started with the movie scenes is just because I got her to crawl to one of the balls and she, she picked the red one and it happened to work for the scene. <laughs> like, it's crazy to think that she was, Kate will now this month coming, she'll be the same age as her when this all started. So it's kind of weird. That yeah. It's kind of come back full circle. <laughs> I'm going to be back to the nine months thing again and. Away and we go. Like, do the kids have so much crack making videos and fun with you? Do, or do they have, well, obviously, okay, I'm going to give Kate a little bit of a chance here. She's only eight months old. <laughs> but <laughs> but Gracie's quite active. She's a good uh, cast oh. member you have there. And there is days like she'll go, no, I don't want to make a video. And you're like, that's grand. And you just don't make a video that day. It's like she's only going to play ball with you. So it's like she has a three-nager, I suppose. And, she's, and then there's days you'll show her, you'll be looking at a video and she'll go, what's that? And then you... Well, we might make this video and then she's fully invested in right let's make this video like and and then even there last night whatever somebody commented on one of them and well, it was the uncle buck scene i think and i just whenever i clicked on the comment it started playing the video and she was like straight up to see the video and she just thought it was you know she loves looking back at them then as well and then like even now she's going around i'm going to make a video and she has oh. an old phone she's going around trying to make videos and she hi guys and all this stuff <laughs> and and she's adorable, I have to say. Very cute child. Can I ask a question that you don't have to answer? I suppose having kids online, it's a serious topic and not what we're meant to be talking about. I just would love to know, did you have a conversation about the kids being on Insta, yourself and Aoife, or did it just happen so orga organically and you're both comfortable? How did you, I suppose, broach that? Just happened organically, really. Like, I kind of didn't didn't think too much down into it like and obviously we have barry like we don't ever i've never put them up in the bath or never just in their nappy or we definitely have limits where we wouldn't you know they're always going to be fully clothed and yeah. there's never going to be anything that you would kind of put up that's anyway questionable like oh that's a bit so that kind of way um i think we both just i suppose have res better respect for the kids as well like and they, as i say like if gracie's not feeling, you know, when she's not feeling, wanting to do anything. So you're just like, yeah, it's grand. She's mad to be on a lot of the time now, but, um, you know, it's kind of, you, you know, know, she's going to take over your Insta page and it's not going to be yours well. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she pays in the nursing home. will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> Even like swimming and stuff like that. We'd never, you know, you just have, you have limitations of where, where you're going to go, where, what you're going to video. Like you'd never post anything that you would think yourself like, oh, wait a minute. And I think this is the whole thing, like, and I just always find it really interesting. And it's something that I haven't evolved in my head, if that makes sense. It's not something I've put an awful lot of thought into, mostly because myself and my husband just decided very early on that we wouldn't put the kids online. And that was 
before I was, I suppose, working in Insta and stuff, it was early Facebook days where I actually had uh, a personal account because now I don't have any personal accounts because I actually don't have time <laughs> to do anything other than my work accounts are my account. And um, yeah, so it's funny, it never really came up for us because for us, it just didn't feel right. And I think like you just said there, you have your feelings of what you're comfortable with. And I suppose when I said there, did you ever talk about it with Aoife? And you're like, well, not formally, but obviously it would have come up by now <laughs> if either of you had an issue. So it is, it's just an interesting one and it's a hard space to navigate for all parents now because, you know, all you can do really is what you're comfortable with. Okay, you have a band and you're a drummer and I know I saw that you're a wedding band. Do you do all sorts of functions? Yeah, yeah. basically anything that we started off like in... 2000 I think it was yeah so 20 kind of 23 years ago and it's like we're just doing pubs and clubs and then it just evolved kind of into you're doing the bigger venues and then after the crash like the venue kind of end of things started to kind of die off and the way we just started doing weddings and now it's just pretty much all weddings is what we do but uh it's I love it like and we had a, we had a weekend off there and she's my anxiety was through the roof and I couldn't get on top of it at all and then went out on Friday night and Saturday there last week. And I just was like buzzing. It was just such kind of a release, I suppose, or a relief. But it's like that. It's like anything, I suppose, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to do it. It's class. Like, I love doing it. And you meet so many people and at the wedding on Saturday there. Like, I met all these people that were on to me about the Sam Smith video and stuff like that and having a crack <laughs> like that. So it's kind of, a, it adds a different, another level to the, the crack that you have. Everyone's like, where's the bin bags tonight? And all that's crap. But, you know, <laughs> You're going to have to wear that as a costume all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That'll look well. But no, it's great. It's, it's, it is, it's a great buzz. Like, and it's, it's four lads that are friends. You know, it's not just a business arrangement, yeah. if you know what I mean. Like, it's kind of the four of us go out and we actually enjoy ourselves as well. So it kind of makes it dust up. It well, doesn't feel like work, I suppose. My kids are always really bored by what I'm doing. They're always like, oh, mommy, what are you doing today? Because I come out to the garage, which is obviously my studio, of course. <laughs> and um, they're like, oh, what are you recording? I'm like, oh, chicken pox. Oh, hand, foot, mouth, whatever. And today the young fella just arrived home from school. We've um, someone minding them here. But um, he goes, oh, what are you doing now? And like the kudos I got, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to go talk to a drummer. And he nearly he, he nearly lost his life. He goes to drum lessons, and so yeah, I've just upped my rating here now <laughs> a lot. And kudos for the seven year old. Yeah, but, but in my house, then it's like yeah, that is just going to work, and it's like yeah, that's grand. Good luck. There's no yeah, there's no. It doesn't really matter that you're playing drums or not. So funny. Oh, hopefully that'll change them. And it's cool though because you get to like the way it works with obviously Aoife being a pharmacist. So, you know, she's working daytime hours and weekday, whatever. And I'm sure she gets lumped in with some weekends as well or whatever. But, you know, you can, I suppose, keep that sense of identity and importance in your work and your passion in the music as well as playing the most important role in your child's life, a stay-at-home dad. So it's it's probably a really nice outlet for you to have. I can well imagine that you'd miss it if you're, you know, if you're not getting to do it. Do you find that being a stay-at-home dad in terms of the reality versus expectations, did you ever think it would be like it is in real life? I suppose, to be honest, I probably thought I'm never going to manage to do this. 
at all. It's just the way it happened then. It like it kind of it was like you have to kind of shit or get <laughs> off the park kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, I didn't really have any option because I was I was off work and there was no you couldn't there was no childcare. Um so it was just a case of get on with it. But then when Eve was going back to work after Kate for the whole first five months, I was like, yeah, oh, it'd be grand. Sure, sure, it's the same thing. It'll be grand, it'd be grand. And then that last two weeks before she went back, I was in a heap. I just thought, this is, I, how am I going to manage this? And then after a week, I was into the swing of it. Like, it's just a matter of getting a routine and trying to keep it, trying to keep some kind of routine going. Touch wood, it's been fine so far. Um, we've had no catastrophes or anything um we managed to get out of the house a few times and stuff That's like very that good. yeah because yeah, i was going i was going i went back to work after the first lockdown and we kind of made it work but then as gracie get old got that bit older after the second lockdown i was just like i wasn't getting finished till six o'clock and crash was finishing at five or whatever on certain days that i would and then mom would have to pick her up or my brother and then do you know when you just get to like that age of two kind of on, kind of a bit busier? Yeah. I couldn't ask my mother to be looking after a two-year-old and trying to do her own, have her own thing, because mom has a and b as well. So it's like too much going on. Yeah. Um, so it just made sense. And like I always did say, if the band got to like 50 wins, I would be happy to just do the band and nothing else. Like, and that'd be enough. Um, And like, that was grand. So I was kind of going, why am I putting myself through all this running and running and running and then missing as well, being missing at home and not being able to do anything. Say my Thursday, Friday, Saturday at work in the hotel, I would go in, leave the house at eight o'clock and be there till six, half, usually half six, seven. You would never get away before that. And then you go straight to a wedding and then you go home at four or five in the morning and you get up and you go back to the hotel at eight in the morning and then you go to another wedding and then you're kind of doing that, say, for, especially from April, May on, right through to kind of October, your life will be running from one job to another. And fairness, I would get the days off during the week, like, which was fine, but it just wasn't working. It, it, it was working, but the older you get, the, le- the less of that you, need, you want to be doing or need to be doing. And at the first lockdown, I said this a few times, a lot of people, I was like, why do I have no money? Like, how do I have no, you're doing all these hours, you're doing all this running and working and running. And then you're going, why do we not have like a load of money? And then you realize that you're, you're all the hours you're doing in the hotel, it wasn't really paying. Yeah. But it, because the cost of childcare is so expensive. Ultimately, that is it. And families are tortured with it. I think we get stuck in a trap that you're so busy, busy, busy every day. So busy. Just keep going. Just keep going. And you rarely get to actually you know, step back and look at your situation. The sad part of that is that when you do, because of the cost of childcare in Ireland, ultimately one person is forced out of the workplace because actually they'd have more disposable income if one parent stayed home. And I just think that is so wrong. So, so wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's not good for the workforce and it's not good for families. Like I know, see, it was really difficult. The COVID period and you'll obviously with, Either working, you know, like pharmacy became insanely busy. And myself and my husband are both pharmacists. And as you said earlier, childcare closed down. We had our kids in crash three days a week and suddenly there was none. So for that, whatever, four or five month period, however long it was, my husband was working four long days. So he's doing his 40 hours in four days. And then I'd go in and do 36 hours the other three days. And you were absolutely exhausted because the work was so intense, like you kind of 
felt like you were coming out of a battle scene. I'd hit two guard checkpoints on my way home. I felt like I was in a movie. It was ridiculous. And yeah. then get home the next day, you'd kind of half be coming through if you were off. And like my husband was gone and the kids were obviously, okay, so they're what, 11. So they were nine, maybe eight and six at the time or five to start junior infants, all that. And they'd be like, wide awake and you were going oh my god I have to homeschool now is someone having a laugh like it was crazy I don't know why I just just give up on homeschooling (laughs) but I tried to keep it going wasn't great ended up showing them loads of inappropriate videos of Pompeii and things that I was like (laughs) that probably wasn't child appropriate Uh, but anyway so it is it is exactly that it's an impossible balance and unless you're standing back and looking at your income and going well is it worthwhile do you find the benefits then of getting that time with the kids? Like how much does that mean to you? Oh, it's, it's, it's massive. Like, and it's only since, as you say, it's when you take that step back and kind of look at what you're at, kind of in a bit of an, I suppose, analysis of what you were doing and you were just doing it because that was what you'd done. Like I've been in the band, playing in the band since I was 15, 16. And like, we would have been kind of steady playing every weekend even through college, you were coming home and that was paying your way through college and stuff. So like, it's just been the way it's been, that kind of, if that makes sense. It's just kind of like, you've always done it. And if you're, I suppose, what is it, Einstein said, if you always do what you always done, you'll always get what you always got. But it's, it just was the thing. And you kind of never took into account that the two kids, the kids just, or Gracie just came in and fitted in around everything like and that is the one thing I say people think they're busy before they have a child you don't even know busy until you have a child and then it all goes out the window I just think that when you step back and had a real look at it you're kind of going what is actually working for us or what can work for, or how is this going to work for us better like wh- how can we do this better and then it just it's glaringly obvious when you look at our lifestyles that me being at home and Aoife doing her job it just works perfectly like because I most of the time I'm just going out the door as Eve is coming in. So it all works well. Like there's very few date weddings that were kind of down the country who are able to be away earlier. And if they're, if they are, we know them obviously well in advance. So we can just arrange that her day off is going to be one of those days. So it's kind of, it works well. I'd say a lot more people need to kind of step back and go, what is working for us here? What's not working? Because there's definitely other families and couples that are in that wheel of going, going, going and not actually thinking because I'm sure, pretty sure that there's probably couples that had like yourselves working, both both parents were working through the through the COVID and they didn't get that time to kind of sit back and go, what's going on? But like, again, it's whatever works for each family. It's not going to be for everyone. Like, I know there's that whole thing of the male bravado thing of having to be out earning the, but like, hopefully that's changing a lot. It's like, I know a lot more stay-at-home dads now Obviously, I know them because they're kind of talking to me or their their wives are talking to me like, but it seems to be a lot more normalized, I hope. Yeah. Do you ever get comments on that? Do people have an opinion on being a stay at home dad? I just want to take a little break for a second to say that I'm delighted to partner again with one of my all time favorite products, Salon Plus. This is the world's first 100% natural dry salt therapy device. It's clinically proven to relieve a wide range of allergens and respiratory conditions. The salt therapy method has been trusted for generations 
and is now hugely popular worldwide as more and more people recognise the superb results achieved from a natural and non-invasive method. This device will help you breathe easier and sleep better. No, most people think it's 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 great, like, but I be like, Richard, it's just it's nothing. It's not that it's nothing, but it's just norm. Like the ones I have the most respect for now since doing it is this is the single parents. Oh my god! How yeah. the hell? I don't know, like how they do it, like because you need that support, some kind of support from whoever, and even just having that person that you can talk vent to after like a day of because there's going to be shit days. There's going to be days where just everything's going wrong. If you're a single parent and that you're at home and then you get them to bed and then you don't have anybody to kind of go decompress with, I suppose, it, it must be like they're the ones I think have, I have yeah. massive respect for them, like, because for me, it's grand because like, I can kind of, at least if he'll be home, I know no matter how shit things are going, he'll be home at seven, half seven and yeah. there'll be help. And it's that ability to turn off, like if you're in an absolute weapon of a mood, and the kids feed off that because that's what kids do. And despite myself, sometimes if I'm exhausted and cranky or whatever, basically translate that everyone in the house becomes cranky and angry. And turns out I don't hide emotion very well. So you see yourself reflected back at them and it can get very intense and very awful. And you're surrounded by that parenting guilt as well, where you're like, oh, my God, I should be doing better, but I just can't. I've no more to give. And then if you have someone else that can come in and just let you not be responsible for an hour or two, whether it be go for a walk or go for a bath, it is a big, big relief. Even if you're doing the absolute burden and lion's share of the child minding, to know that you're not the responsible grown up in a room is such a weight off at times. So you're right. Single parents are actually superheroes who have stamina like nobody else and multitasking skills and just patience like because that's what happens for me I just lose the patience and you know need to step back you're right they're they don't get enough I suppose appreciation and maybe people think that people don't see it but I think most parents would realize that it would be a very difficult job on your own definitely like and that's why I think when people say oh you're doing great and you're going like I'm doing the bare minimum I'm getting through the days basically I know at the start like when I started kind of at home with the with the girls just kind of like you're getting to the end of the day and just and you're just getting there and it's just keeping them alive like after whatever a couple of months of it I'm kind of like oh I'm gonna get all the washing done you know you're just kind of starting to kind of get settled and you know right I'm going to get that five minutes to do this or do that and then you just try and get as much done that's my kind of main goal now is that when Aoife gets home, that there's nothing that she needs to start doing is what I kind of aim to have done. Can you give classes or something? Because I know um, a few people <laughs> do. Listen, lots of days where nothing gets done and it's just like, Jesus, I didn't get anything done today. But it's just there's days like that. It's kind of just the way it is. It's just try and get something yeah. done so that she's not coming home and then thinking, I have to do all this other work now that I'm home from work. Because what you do in the chemist is intense and it's nonstop, like... But um, so it's just like you just try and do as much as you can. <laughs> I think 
you're amazing and we need to replicate you or something. We're going to get you doing work classes for dads or <laughs> workshops. No, but I find... I, think, I just think you need to get uh, anyone that thinks that that's any way is just coming to work for my mum in the B&B. <laughs> she will kick anybody She'll in She'll whip shape. them into shape, yeah. <laughs> and I have to say, before I get killed, I am very lucky, but like that, because throughout our lives with kids there's been many a time where we either a wasn't viable to get childcare, or you know like during the pandemic it was different it was forced but even before that we had no childcare for periods of time and we used to work opposites because financially that was the best option option for us so we're, it's always been very 50 50 in our house and kind of remains that way i'm very lucky but you do have people like if i go on a night out right which is i'm going to say like twice a year or something but people would go oh and where are the kids and i'm like oh alan has them they're like ah he's babysitting i'm like sorry you're gonna say you can't babysit your own child (laughs) oh god it was said to me like when i started at home with gracie like we were in in the local shop and somebody goes oh you're babysitting her mommy's at work and I just, I just say, no, I'm just parenting. It's really disrespectful, <laughs> they like, like. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They kind of just realise. And I, but they, I was just like, come yeah. on. And I wasn't even an older person. That was the thing, you know. Yeah. You would kind of let a, like an old granny or something away with it. But you're kind of, I was just like, no, I'm parenting. And yeah. it's. It is mad. No. Like, it is mad, the roles. But I, I think you're right. I do think it has changed. I think there's a lot of people. You know, even like me and, you know, like you, you're basically divide and conquer, get the jobs done that need to be done. And it doesn't matter who does them. Like, and actually, I know in our house, it's day to day, the roles flip. Someone might be on laundry duty, but that's not your job. It's whoever is in the house the most to take the loads on and off and all of that. With the baskets full, it has to be done. Yeah, yeah. And I know that, you know, I used to find that frustrating and it's gas to hear you talk about it. And this is terrible thing to say but I used to find when we first had kids like that my husband you come home from work and he'd be like holding up the baby like the Lion King going look it's alive I did it and the house would be absolute carnage like breakfast bowls would still be there like laundry hadn't moved off floor you'd be going like yes I'm grateful you kept the child alive but look around you know and it's so funny because that didn't last very long, obviously. And of course, there's days where you can't do anything when you have young kids. And, you know, if you have a sick child and they're napping on you, your your job is to sit there and let them nap on you. But it is funny. There does seem to be a little difference there in some relationships between what a successful day at home is or isn't, you know. So it's refreshing. Definitely. Like at the, at the start, yeah, I, I was, that was me. I was that, <laughs> oh Christ, we made it to the end of the day. But at that time, you're kind of so focused on, especially with Gracie, because it was the first one. I was so focused on her routine, get, make sure this is done, make sure that's done. So I just took up all yeah. my Mental headspace, space, I suppose. Yeah. So I just like, wasn't even looking outside of that. Whereas then once you kind of get into that routine and get that routine nailed, I suppose, you kind of everything else then you kind of just get on it like because you kind of know what you're what you're doing yeah <laughs> and what did you find were the hardest challenges <laughs> i i just find getting nap times is the are always the tricky one like is getting them to kind of settle and like with kate now she just sometimes she's just like she'd be that far through she won't take her bottle and you're fighting her to take the bottle fighting her then to get to sleep and then you get her to sleep and she might have this like yesterday, she had a lot, like two hour, two and a half hour nap nearly. But like before that, there, there was a full hour of just 
roaring and that's them hours in the day that you let you just can't you can't do anything else because she is literally trying to roar along out like she's just roaring and roaring and, roaring and you're just trying your best everything changing nappies trying to give her something for her teeth or that's definitely the hardest part and then next thing she wakes up and she's happy and it's just all roses again like it's fine but yeah there's there's days there where you just don't get things done because that you're trying to feed them for maybe an hour before that and then the hour of roaring and then you get them down and then you're kind of trying to catch up on yourself and then next thing they're up again and you're kind of back into they're nearly always if they have that long a nap then they're waking up hungry and you're going oh jesus but it's yeah it's happened and you just get on with it like i think it's kind of one of those things you just have to you realize that it's going to be that hour or it's going to be that 40 minutes or whatever and then it's just it's going to go it's going to finish it's going to end it's going to be okay the, the biggest relief i ever felt in like those early years was kind of the epiphany that routines like okay like you can obviously have loose expectations of what should happen in order but you'll never be able to control timings and say okay this is what you're going to sleep and I think once you kind of accept that your day is at their mercy and like keeping them content is going to involve delays and you just have to roll you to become so much more of a relaxed person and I'm such a planner that that was that was actually such a weight lifted off once I realized that and it's funny yeah you just kind of roll with it a lot more as you said there in terms of positives what are your favorite parts of being a stay-at-home dad I just love having the crack like in chats with with the, well with Gracie more so obviously because you can talk but anything can come out of their mouth now like it's just <laughs> so funny like and she just comes out with all kinds and she just soaks up everything like even getting her dressed earlier like we were she had on a dress and she got herself all soaked and then I just woke up and changed and then next thing it was like she had to pick out what it had to be and everything like and it's just I just love the, the crack like and before you have kids, you're kind of focused on what you want to do or things you want to do. And it's your time is all your own. Once you have a child, everything is focused around the child. Like your time is no longer your own. Nothing you do is about you anymore. It's all about like, can we do this? Oh, well, we have a child. So it's like, and that's all everything you want and everything you do is about, is about them. And it kind of like, I love that part. And like at the time, when we went, we got pregnant first. I thought, Jesus, how am I going to do this? Like, how am I going to be a dad? And like, it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Like, it's kind of, I don't know. I love it. <laughs> I have found in recent years, because now my youngest is seven. So they're all a bit older and the oldest just turned 11. And there's a middle one there who's nine. And um, the personalities are so clear now and so amusing and so fun. We actually, we went to Centre Park's for the midterm break and like it was the first time we went away and I went like these are my buddies like this is full-on fun like we were all ripping down the slides together and everything and you know they were daring me to jump into the freezing plunge pool and like I became a child going they think I'm not going to do it I'm going to do it I'll do it like <laughs> you're going they just bring out the crack and fun in you and as you said you're always surprised by them and then I think because Sometimes you see yourself in them and sometimes you expect to see yourself in them and you see a completely different person and you're like, oh my God, like, who are you and <laughs> what are you turning into? They just fascinate you all the time. It's amazing. It, as much as I loved the younger phases and I love babies and, you know, it, you kind of go, oh, would I have another one? I actually have to say that this age, getting older, it's just, 
it's it's lovely to see the personalities comes out and it's rewarding in a whole different way. So you've a, a lot of happy mm. times ahead of you. Fingers oh, <laughs> crossed. <laughs> your dad was a big part of your life and I know he passed away three years ago. You read a really, really lovely poem on Insta that I would actually, my own dad passed away five years ago and I found it just lovely. Um, the dash, uh, you know, and anyway, I just encourage anyone who has suffered from grief or a loss of a parent or anyone suffering grief to go on and listen to that. And I have to say, your accent, it's great in it. Like, it's very calming and soothing. <laughs> you read it so, so well. Do you feel your dad played a big role in your life in shaping you to be the man you are and your relationship with your kids now? I'd say definitely. When he was alive, obviously it was like a bit of he'd I'd be going, oh, shut up. Yeah, like and all the lads any of the lads would come to the house, he'd be cracking jokes or having, you know, and then you'd be going, Jesus Christ, you know, that embarrassing shut up. Like, but all of that everyone loved him, like, because the crack, it's part of that part of where I think like Gracie's definitely gonna be going, Oh Jesus Daddy, what were you doing? <laughs> Why are we making me you know? Whereas like that's part of the role of your dad being a dad, like he would do anything for you back in a way. Growing up, I, I love cars and looking at cars and driving cars. And he used, to, I used to go, let's go looking at cars, and he would go right, and then we'd go away on a some Saturday, and we'd head and we'd just go to garages and test drive cars that we had no intention of buying. We had no money to buy them, but we would go anyway, and we would test drive cars, and we'd go home. And you might have gone to make six garages and try, try <laughs> tested the newest car, and but it was just, and he would do it. Whereas, like, I'd be thinking, what? Like, I think now. When I'm at, I'm older, I'm thinking, Jesus, he he had some patience to just to do that, and you, but like that's what he he did it, and like we used to do it. Maybe you could do it once a year, or maybe twice a year. Like, and I'm sure the garage was going, I was freaking <laughs> GPA, like back at home, fella. But do you know what I mean? Like, it's things that he done like that that you're kind of going. Anyone else would go like, no. He was always proud of anything. It didn't matter what we done. I done civil engineering in uh, UCD, and I got my degree, whatever the graduation. He was like, oh, just got a phone call from such and a fella. And he was just saying congratulations to you. And he was congratulating me. And I was like, oh, right. And he was well proud. And then I went away. I didn't work as an engineer then. I went to London to be, as the boys in college called it, clown college. I went to music college for a year. And we came back anyway. And the band was going well. And we'd done it. We were in a battle of the bands and we won it anyway. And I never seen him prouder. Like, And you're thinking, it was just a silly thing, but he was buzzing. I suppose things like that, you kind of, they always allowed us, like my mum and dad, like they were kind of like, sure, do whatever you want. And I came back from London. I thought, do you know what? I think we could make, I could make a living playing music. And they were like, yeah, sure. What? Why wouldn't you keep, go for it? Yes, it's not worth enough going play in the O2 or anything or the three arena, but you're still making a living playing music, which is class. Other parents would tell you, cop on and give it up. Like, and, and I've had people close to the family going, when are you going to stop playing the music and start and get a, get a real job? And you're kind of going, well, it is a real job. Do you know what I mean? But mum and dad never, it never phased them. Like, I think, doubt, let's say, could I say earlier about mum, the work ethic they give us, they know that once you work at something, you can make it work like that in a way. And I think that's something that's just in us now. Like, we just never stop. It's just your work and work and work, and whether it's being a dad at home or working as a band. Well, I think you, your dad would be super proud of you because I don't think you realise you're saying, oh, working, being a stay-at-home dad. That's not all you're doing. Like, your Instagram page is genuinely a tonic for people. Like, 
I'm so glad that you welcome people into your life and show just a bit of crack and normality. And you've such a great way with words. I absolutely love just tapping into it because, as we talked about earlier, we don't need to be filling our feeds with nonsense of goals that are unachievable or unhealthy or unhelpful. Everything that we surround ourselves should be positive. And I think you can get into a habit of being in a bad mood or being a negative person. I know that, you know, there's been phases in my life where I've found that I get into a rush where I'm like, ugh, moan. And then you actually just go for a walk or something and go, I am so lucky. I have three healthy children. I have a home. I have food in the fridge. Like, there is nothing more that I could need and kind of cop on and talk to yourself but you can't be positive yourself all the time sometimes you need support and wherever you get it I'm sure there's people getting it from your page so you're spreading the joy spreading the giggles and it sounds like that your dad would be very proud to see you doing that as well as being a stay-at-home dad and a musician that's kind of the main reason the page can keep going at it too is be people they do message you going, oh, I needed to see that today or I just needed to laugh. I had a bad day at work. And you're kind of going, yeah, you're making silly videos. I've never kind of been interested in the following or how many people. And it'll be people say it to me like, oh, you've got such an amount of fun. I'm like, all right, I have, right. I notice it then or my, like my sister-in-law is obsessed with how many followers I have. <laughs> and uh, But I genuinely just make the videos that I think are funny and I hope that other people will find them funny. It's easier that way. And I just love, it's just good crack. I just love it. And, you know, I used to follow lots of different content creators, I suppose. I don't see myself as a content creator still. I kind of, I suppose that's what it's called, but I'm still kind of thinking that's just a bit of crack. But <laughs> I always looked at them going, oh, geez, that's cool. Like, I'd love to be able to do that. And then you kind of just start doing it and it happens. I don't know. It's weird. Like, I still find it weird that people are following, but I still think of it as it's just my family watching this. And yeah. I don't ever think of it as... Yeah, there's whatever, 20,000 people looking and you're kind of going, right. If you thought of it like that, I think you would kind of go, you'd stop. Yeah. (laughs) And I think then you'd lose everything. It's like we said earlier, Instagram or whatever could turn off overnight. So where you get with it, like for me in the podcast or given health information, no matter what, my social medias represent who I am and I'm proud of them, but they're not the entirety of me. So they're a great extension of you, but it should always reflect who you are. And if that was or wasn't there, it, it it's not going to change who you are. So I think you're mastering it perfectly because you have a big following and I'm sure it'll only continue to grow because you're gas, to be honest. <laughs> but it, it's like, like you say there, it's like Instagram could turn off tomorrow. You just don't know. Like it could be like Elon Musk could buy it out and turn it off and just go. It's yeah. not. And then just stops and that doesn't matter because I'll still be acting Egypt with Gracie. I will still be dancing. We'll, it doesn't matter that the, the camera just happens to like we take wee videos at times, but like there's so much more that goes on of nonsense. That's not on the phone at all. Like we don't. And in the meanwhile, anything that has gone up will have added value to the world to you know, like there's only good oh. things to come from spreading a bit of joy, you know? So I think, yeah, you'll always be able to hold your head high and be proud of what you've done, regardless of how it evolved or whatever. I think it's brilliant. And I think the kids are going to grow up absolutely, you know, feeling the same way about their dad as you do ago. My God, wasn't he a bit mad now? Look what we got up to when we were younger. 
and they'll love it. Thank you so, so much for taking the time to talk to me today. While I would talk about infectious diseases all day, it's just nice to have this bit of a break and welcome light relief in the middle of it all. And yeah, I'm actually, I'm kind of going, light relief, we ended up talking about so much about like concept of Instagram and oh it's funny there's so much to it when you start talking about working in this space but I really really appreciate your time and thanks so much for coming on and hopefully you know sharing awareness to other parents who might be kind of needing to stop and reevaluate their family situation and know that sometimes just thinking outside the box a little bit can make your life quality better and that's what it should all be about. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Time is more valuable than any amount of money. Like it kind of, when you start valuing your time more so than the cash or the money in the bank, you you realize a lot more what's all about at the end of the day. Happier soul and all of that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Exactly. I would be so, so grateful if you could give us a little review on Spotify or Apple or wherever you listen to your podcast and keep an eye on my question boxes where you will get to ask questions about the upcoming topics. I absolutely love hearing from all of you. Do subscribe and follow the show to keep up to date on everything family health. Thank you.